1: Hello and welcome to It's Only A Game. In a week where Man City fans were drinking in the goals with pints of Erlinger all round, Arteta's young guns cannon their way further clear top of the league as it's not a happy St Patrick's State Palace. A late miracle for the Saints and a remarkable rant leaves Spurs conteing their blessings for a potential potched return. Meanwhile Potter's magical game at Chelsea didn't quite work out as their wizardry was equaled by Everton playing The Sims. Melon's out in Birkenhead. It's safe to say they're not the only person who will feel a bit of a boob at Tramia this season and the reliant Robin Charlie Austin's stone-cold finishing was only a minor point, as he scored all four in a late stunner of a 4-4 draw with Dale. Speaking of draws, there were more European draws on show this week than the Hunkermoller store, if you know you know. Whilst Bayern lost once more to Bayer, will it not be 11th heaven for the beleaguered Bavarians? Barcelona made Real Madrid and La Liga look meagre, as they pulled clear with an El Clasico win, but Don Carlo settled old rivalries against Klopp's red, as their Mickey flanagan not just out, but out-out of all the Cups uncharacteristically in March. Hopping over to Italy, Juve beat Inter in the Derby to Tellier with a cost-stitch pattern, and Zlatzi lot from Milan in Udine, but Ibra eventually scores from the spot. Runaway Napoli, Osserman, Cvaradona, could not think of anything
0: clever to say here, even though I want to. We're joined by Dak and Greg. How are we, gents? That was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm blown that away. Incredible. That was the best intro of Jeff Stelling can Liter- now, I think.
1: waiting for computers to upload. I thought, let's do something different. Don't expect it every
2: time. That was ex- that was exhausting. Is your com- is your computer from 1974? Because <laughs> that would
1: have taken Just, uh, me uh, chat- all day. Chat- was it? Chat GPT? <laughs> Just put it on there. No. I'd is it powered by CFAQ or could, something? Yeah, I, I, I will mean, show you now. I check, obviously, audio medium, medium, so not going to work for our listeners. They probably switched off and listened to that, but uh, I can show you now. That is... You can, you can tweet it out, though. Those, well, uh, hmm, 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 the whole... What,
0: uh, there uh, you go. That is that is very... That's that's good.
2: You can you can pay Elon Musk a pretty penny uh, yeah, and you definitely. can put all of that on one tweet. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. There's absolutely,
1: a little bit of controversy. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah,
0: sure. Um, keeping up with our
1: cultural references,
0: lads. Um, how are we? Doing, doing well, doing well. I don't know if we we mentioned on the pod that me and Shell are expecting a little one. <laughs> so August is the due date, so we're just painting, decorating, all sorts for that. But yeah, we're good. Really good. How are you, Deck? Not been as busy as you've been, Greg, <laughs> by the sound he's of been,
2: it. He's been given birth uh... to the podcast, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> yes, indeed. Medical condition, Jimmy, medical. Uh, yeah, all good to send, gents. Um, at, yeah, a busy, busy week for... Uh, a tramir fan. I think we'll go into that a little bit later on. But uh yeah, ticking along, gents. Ticking along. Counting down the days to half term.
1: Oh well, good, absolutely. Um well I mean, where to start really in in, in a week of football that, that well that happened. Um I think the the perfect place to begin, perfectly honest, is um Antonio Conte. What? I mean that was weird. Right? You know, Spurs go to Southampton, three three draw. Late penalty, dubious penalty, but you know Spurs being Spurs have their ups and downs. And What are we thinking about that with the actual in-contract manager in a post-match fresh conference? I mean, it's Antonio Conte, he's got a history of this, let's be fair. Never mind it's the history of the Tottenham, it's the history of the Conte to do this kind of thing. But uh, I was personally baffled by his decision to go all out war and choose violence against the entire club. I don't know what we all think of him.
2: I, I I don't know. I think obviously it's a bit of a weird approach, um, as you say. He's got history of doing it. I don't know whether he's done it. Maybe wanted it a reaction from the players, because um, again, you know, spares have not really done what they uh, what they set out to. I know. I know. Obviously, the top four there, but they've spent relatively big money again, and it's that kind of. I don't know, since the, since the ground move, they just haven't quite ticked along. They've had many, many big managers, big players going through. Yeah, you know, you've know you got your canes and so on, but I, I just don't know what it is with Spurs. They they seem to be, I know obviously Arsenal are doing very, very well this season, but they've almost fallen into that trap of just being a slightly above average Prem side for the last sort of five or six seasons. And I don't know whether that's him kind of going, you know, I can't do any more or this isn't on me, this is something deeper than just the first team manager.
0: I I really don't know, but bizarre. Very, very bizarre. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the league now, actually. Um, so Tottenham are fourth with 49 points. If if they keep him, if, say, hypothetically, they keep Conte until the end of the season, does all this get forgetting about if they get Champions League? I wonder.
1: I, what do you think, Jim? Anybody, I, even? Well, Obviously, it's minimum expectation with Spurs at the moment these days. Certainly with the new stadium, with the squad they've got, um, I think Daniel Levy and the board will say minimum expectation is to get Champions League football. I think minimum expectation from Conte himself He's a winner at the end of the day. Let's not forget, you know, he's won the league at Chelsea, turned Victor Moses into one of the best right wing backs in the world. So, you know, you don't, you're not, a, you know, you can't be a rubbish manager and do that. You know he's won things obviously with the Juventus. He won the league with um, Inter and Serie A before it all went sour. He had the chance to take the Spurs job in that summer, but he turned it down before obviously well, taking over from Nuno a bit later on. I don't think this gets forgotten about because how many managers do we know that come out and speak so against the club that they're working at? I personally, and I take the view of that, I'm going to say to um, Dan Griffin on Twitter. Responded, we put it out on our um, podcast the other day. Uh, Dan Griffin, or at uh, Dan Griffin21, says, I think it's simultaneously a venting of frustrations and an attempt to get sacked. Some players will be shamed into self reflection and improvement. Some will simply down tools. Either way, it's been obvious for ages that Conte doesn't want to be there, so why drag it out? And I think on that point, I have to agree. I think when's the last time manager resigned from their post in the Premier League? Probably Harry Redknapp when he got a knee injury at QPR because the money's so big now to get sacked. He doesn't want to give up that payday. If he can't get it right with his Spurs squad, he'll just persevere and keep making, you know, silly mistakes or you know, not intentionally. I don't think he's don't think on the pitch he's trying to get sacked, but I think off the pitch he certainly is making a case for it by just coming out with uh, look, there's passionate there's passionate football people all around and there's you know you're gonna be you're gonna react in an emotional way. We know the likes of Mourinho and, and Klopp and the very best managers. They're all winners. They're all so driven to win. We get it, but there is a level at which there's a difference between being frustrated and literally calling out your players. your board, bored, like the practically the tea lady at the club. Everyone just got served up and slagged off in this press conference, and I just find it. He's aiming for a massive. You know, he'd be due a massive payday from Tottenham. I think that's what he's angling for. I don't think he lasts the season. I don't think he lasts the international break. If I'm being completely honest. Um, and if Spurs keep hold of him, and fair play. You know, they've they've shown a maturity about it. But I uh, even if they come top four, I don't think this have forgotten about. I think he goes at the end of the season. Even if he does stay till the end, I don't think he's going to stay beyond this year. Now,
2: in a slightly controversial turn, is he? speaking some truths in a way of I mean you know you know my view in terms of the press social media and so on there's ways and means in which you expose people but is it a thing of that he's almost backing all of the previous managers previous attempts previous players etc and trying to out the regime that's there at the minute and saying listen this is why you know almost a bit of a justice to the fans this is why we're not challenging every year, you know, we're, we're in and around the Champions League, they're never going to go and win the Champions League the way they are at the minute, they're not for me that kind of winning club and is he I agree with you Jimmy in terms of him trying to obviously force that payout and, and kind of find a I can't even say an easy way out but a unique way out, um, you know, where, where he's basically serving himself up to be within the sackable position but is he kind of opening up on some kind of Un- unwanted or un- unlike truths that maybe the Tottenham fans need to hear is to write. Well, actually, it's not just on the players or it's not just on me, but as a whole system, we're not working. Maybe our focus, since the ground moves, been on, you know, NFL games and having this and having that and being this all-round club, but we've taken our eye off the ball in terms of being a top-top prem side. I, d- I don't know. Um, as I said before,
0: it's just bizarre, isn't it? It's really, really strange. Way of doing things. I was watching something just before on YouTube about all this on Sky News, Sky Sports News, and then they were they were talking about <clears throat> what what did Tottenham really want to be like? What what are they if they're not? Because they were they were sort of insinuating that they haven't given him a lot of money to spend. But i I'm, I'm, I'm not really clued up on Tottenham. I don't know if they have or they haven't. I, I, I'm not too sure. Um, I think they were insinuating that other teams have spent more possibly, but. Um, so, so they were saying, what does Tottenham really want to be? Because if they're not, let, if they're not giving him the money, or if they're not backing the manager to sort of compete with Arsenal, Man United, whoever, Liverpool, whoever's up there, then what, what do they want him to do really? Um, which I thought was quite interesting in terms of. It's like like you were on about expectations before, Jim. Like they're probably thinking. Uh, well, I don't know what they're thinking really, because is it just top four? Because they can To be realistic, are they, do they really think they can challenge like Arsenal and Man City at the minute? I don't, I don't. I don't think they can. Do you know with Harry Kane or, you know, I don't know. I mean, take Kane
2: out of that squad for a minute, and where would I know? I know he's a Spurs player, and you could say that about a lot of sides, but. Take Haaland out of the City squad; they'd still probably be up and around there. You know, take Arsenal's leading scorer out; they'd still be up and around there. Take Kane out of the equation; where where would Spurs be this season? Mid-table, like they're not a, a balanced side at all. Um, and yet, yeah, you know, in in comparison to other top top sides, yeah, they probably haven't spent as much. But that's not the be all and end all for me. I think some of that has to come down to, you know, kind of managerial um, still your recruitment's got to be a little bit more savvy rather than just going and splashing hundreds of millions of pounds on players. Um, I mean, if you look at Richarlison, Richarlison I can never pronounce his name, um, you know, he went from, from Everton initially, did very, very well. And from what I can see, he's tailed off a little bit. Um you know what what's done on there for me. He was a tracking and sign, and that was a brilliant um, kind of move for him. Where he's going, he's got a chance of no offence, Jimmy, but a, a, you know a chance of Champions League football of being a you know inadvertent Tom as a top Premier League side. Um, is there something going on behind the scenes? I really don't know. I'm asking more questions than I'm answering. Yeah, I, 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 I realise this. Just. <laughs> in, in you know
1: in isolation, it was you know from my perspective they got him on the cheap, but it was still sixty million quid now. There aren't many clubs out there. And this isn't to try and throw back at Conte and to try and defend the Tottenham board. Because I do think they invest less in the squad. I haven't got the figures in front of me. Than, you know, obviously than the City and Chelsea and United. But those three are in the stratosphere compared to even, you know, you, you speak Liverpool fans, they have a problem with the, the investment or lack of in their club. Arsenal fans, they've done things. They've had a good couple of youth players come through. They've been able to get players from City. They've been able to, you know, recruit a bit more savvy, as you say, deck. And I think that's, this season, that will have impacted Spurs fans in particular. They'll have seen their neighbours, they'll have seen their biggest rivals, you know, but they may actually win the league this year and they're hating that. And they're seeing the fact that they're not doing um, what, look, Arsenal are doing what Spurs have wanted to do for years, recruit smartly, build with a young manager and play good football and, and, and win games and maybe win the league. It, it's hard to say. I mean, yeah, Charleston started cracking signing, but still, you know, somewhat unfortunately, I think the other week he got a goal ruled offside, but he hasn't scored a league goal for them. He scored a couple of European goals against Marseille, I think it was, in the Champions League has not scored a league goal. Now you can say, oh, but Kane's there, but Kane's hit some barren spells at times. Somm's not been on the phone that he, you know, and he's had his injuries as well. Um, and a sign as well, I mean to tie it in, I know we speak about this club quite a bit um, to tie it in though, um, Eves Bersuma where's he been this season? He was a big money-ish signing from Brighton a club that you have to say if you're going to model your recruitment on they're a hell of a club to do it it can be done, Brighton, Brentford even Fulham to an extent this season have shown, whilst okay they're not quite at Tottenham's level in terms of the position of the league at the moment they're not that far off and with that kind of model I don't see why I know with Spurs you're always going to pay a bit more premium because it's a big six club and there's Premier League money and all that but I, I don't see why like you say they can't be savvy with it they're either, they either spend big or they spend nothing and there seems to be no in between with Spurs and it's 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 mad because the potential there is huge At that club it is absolutely huge Um. But I think we mustn't forget as well, a bit similar to when Arsenal first moved into the Emirates, that the spending will sometimes whittle down because, I mean, I don't know if they paid off the stadium or not, but I know they're getting the NFL, I know they're getting, you know, a lot of things in for that stadium, and it is a fantastic looking stadium from what I've seen. But when you're paying off the new ground, and I'm sure other clubs, including my club, will find themselves in the coming years, that it's hard to keep competitive on the pitch sometimes and spend the way you used to when. Paying off a new stadium as well, so I don't know if that's been factored in for. I don't know if that's what the board are kind of doing. But Conte doesn't care about oh, ten years time. We need to be finishing off paying off this debt on the stadium. He cares. Well, I want to win trophies now, and that's um, the majority of managers don't look that far ahead because in the end, it's their job on the line, and if they don't win something.
0: I mean, you look at Southampton. I'm just looking at that particular score that you were talking about. Southampton bottom of the league, aren't they? It's, it's, you know, it's. It's not like they're playing Arsenal, City, whoever, Liverpool, whatever. They are rock bottom of the league. They've not been doing that great recently either. So you can understand his frustrations a little bit with his with a rant, but it all it does come down to him. He's picking the team. He's picking the tactics. So as much as he's you know ranting and raving about everything, the book stops with him, doesn't it? In terms of decisions and tactics and subs and who's doing what and when or who sh- who should be doing. Obviously you've got the players on the pitch that can't always sort of replicate what he his vision, I guess, but the book stops with him, doesn't it, in terms of these results, you have that has to be considered, I would say. Interestingly enough, uh, Jim, I think I think Everton are playing Spurs next, aren't they? So when is is that next Monday coming up? It'll, it's, second, second it's the next game
1: of <laughs> the international break. And I've already said to people it'll other be that Conte'll still be there or he won't, which is obvious. He's either going to be there or he's not. But they'll have come back fired up. I mean, yeah. I know, insight on this podcast, guys. No, they'll either come back yeah. I know, right? You, you Top heard quality it content, though. It's actually Top incisive quality. for d chess from me there. Um, they'll come back motivated, whether Conte's there or not, depending on the players, or they'll come back yeah, totally yeah. flat. And my mm. view is if Conte's still there, those, some of those players will not be motivated, for, a majority of the players will not be. No. Imagine if you're flogging your guts out week in, week out, if you're like of a Kane or a Son or whoever, a Huyberg or I don't even know, whoever it is for Tottenham, if you're doing your best and things just don't always go right on the pitch, I and mean, you then get, you get that, I mean, in private is one thing, but in front of the world's media, and it is the world's media with the Premier League, I think you'd yeah. feel embarrassed and you'd imagine if, you know, imagine if your boss came off and spoke out publicly that you weren't doing a good enough job without not without speaking to you in-house or anything like that, just called you out in public. You know, it's the history of whatever, you know, you work for, school or company or whatever, mm. you know, why are, we, why are we failing? This isn't good enough. You'd you'd feel demoralised and demotivated and you'd, to be honest, you'd want to move, wouldn't you? Not to say, you know, anything about your current employers, but you probably don't well, want to strike yeah. Jimmy.
0: We'll get to, you'll yeah, get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. we'll get to that.
1: Yeah. I well, again I unfortunately cannot comment on the strike action, but uh, there you go. Sadly, but you know my views.
2: Jimmy works yeah. for MI five. Absolutely. Yeah. It's no, no, out no, there I'm, now, Jimmy. Like, Everyone knows. And if anyone wants his address, I can right, send that, it to that, you the for a
1: Five, Alright, don't. There you go. So
0: that's the there you that's go. It is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: absolutely,
2: indeed.
0: Just, um, yeah. just going back to go Spurs. On. I'm looking, I'm looking at their fixtures. So they've they've got Everton, and then they're playing Brighton. Then they have got Newcastle. Then they got Man United. Then they got doesn't Liverpool. Easy, it? So that's a tough, well, tough us, run. Doesn't get easy, does it? Um, well, well I, we could look if they want if they want to step we could win that game. We
1: could we could could do. Conversely, we could win that 3 0, lose that 3 0. No idea what's going to happen in that match. It depends what Tottenham turns up. Depends which Everton team turns up.
0: No, I think. Yeah, but if, if Tottenham want to stay in the top four, they've got to get some results out of all that. Newcastle, okay, so. Man United, well, Liverpool, and even, I'd even say they, Brighton. They, I'd even they, say they Brighton. They have if to they beat Brighton. To
1: Newcastle, Newcastle's game's in hand. That puts Newcastle in the, in the driving seat for the top four
0: well this is it is I know they've been on a bit of a dip oh, haven't they, they recently they
1: won at Forest the other night um, with a late penalty oh of course um, they look alright yeah but yeah it's a funny one Tottenham Hotspur is a funny football club you know I speak to well I know a guy when we go on holiday he's a big Spurs fan and it's like oh well, i him you him yes in the bar in Greece yes, yes. I you've met
0: him yeah I forgot I, forgot, I forgot his name though Rob. Paul Rob yeah. that's it
2: this is sounding more and more dodgy as the story goes. Jimmy knows someone, then he paused. Who he knows from holiday, then he paused. And now Greg knows him from getting in a taxi in the middle <laughs> yeah, of Greece. So What's going on, lad? Um,
0: we had a couple of lads holidays. <laughs> a,
2: and couple, where was the invite? There's years a couple of over
1: in Greece. At, um, the place where my dad's yeah, gone, a villa. About seven years ago. And um, there's a guy who runs a bar in the local village that we just chat to, an
0: English guy, and he's a Spurs fan. Um But it... I'll tell you, we, we, uh, one thing, Jim, just whilst we're on right. that. We, we watched Wayne Rooney's return game to Everton in that bar, we didn't watched we?
1: watched the away leg of The away. Because of... I went to his return, his first return was against Rujembrok of Slovakia at home. I went to that game. Then I remember watching, it was weird, I remember right. I watched the Rujembrok home game live. Then I watched the away game in Boston in a pub, in the, not Lincolnshire, US. Then I saw the home game at home mm. and then the away match against Hydro Split was in Greece and I forgot we'd scored because I think I had a few drinks turned around and then he who shall not be named because he's potentially under investigation for some stuff scored me off halfway line or something, it was weird. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, strange times, Mass- massive, massive anyway. segue, completely pointless. Anyway. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots
0: to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and HyperVolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Haaland. Try
1: them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
0: Yeah, sorry.
1: You know, Let's not. Get back. not Let's yeah, get back. But I'm sure it's it's a funny. They're a funny club just from speaking to supporters, not because they are a huge football club. I don't think anyone. I know Arsenal fans and other, other top six players go, oh, they've won nothing for years. They've won two League Cups since 1999. Well, that's more than the majority of clubs have won, to be fair, because only one club can win the league each year. And when you got someone like a United in the past, a City, a Chelsea, you know, I'm not being funny, but people seem to forget only one club can win a trophy you can't share. It's not like the charity shield where you used to be able to share it. So it, I, I get it.
2: I mean, look at how, how much Liverpool mm-hmm. dominated for like three seasons and they only just broke in mm-hmm. and won it and how long did it take them Absolutely. to get back into winning yeah. ways with that? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, not, um, yeah. it's not an easy Quality lead to, to break okay, into they've won at all. they
1: everything in the end, but they only won everything, and it sounds ridiculous to say, I know, and I know I joked about them being out of the Cups earlier because let's face it, where else the Cups by friggin' December? We only end them in January. But, for them to so have the quality of the team they've had and only win the league once, Champions League once, Club World Championship once, FA Cup once, League Cup once, that's not that's not vintage when you consider the quality of the team. But that shows the standard you have to be at to win it at least once. And Spurs haven't been at that level. The 2019 Champions League final showed as good as they were, they bottled it that day. They didn't turn up, and
0: yeah. that was you know. Yeah. So it,
1: it, it is, it's tough it because is they're a good side, but come.
2: Pre-drown move um pre-drown move Spurs were always recognised as your kind of, you know, eternal Premier League um member, if you like. Until they got the drown move, were they seen as, as big of a club as they now are? I'm not saying for any Spurs fans that are listening, by the way, that since they've got the bigger ground that they've had a load of people jump on the bandwagon and become a Spurs fan and this, that, and the other. Not that at all. And I'm sure that, you know, the old ground was oversubscribed and whatnot. But were they actually that big, big, big top side that now that they have the ground, the infrastructure, the this, the that, are they still in that process of trying to fill the bigger boots of that real top showcase, look at us, Proper modern football club with every bell whistle, you know, everything that you could you could imagine. I don't. I don't really know. Do yeah. you know, you know where I'm trying to go with that? I don't. I don't I know really know saying. how to word it. Like, are they now being perceived as being a bigger club because they've got the infrastructure of the
0: bigger clubs? If that makes sense. Possibly. Possibly. I remember when going back a little bit, but I remember when Rochdale played him in the FA Cup about four or five years ago. Um. We played them at Rochdale and it was two all, but they still had World Cup play, uh international players. They still had that. They still had what's his name in there? Was it Lloris? Um They've got Kane. Son was there. We we I felt it. I was like this the they, this, this lot the bollocks. You know, you could just see them all, all in the clobber and the fancy boots and all sorts. I thought these lot are going to destroy us, and they didn't. And there were a few seasons, a uh, few games, few games. Yeah, I, yeah they Oh, I remember us. that one. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It has to be fair, the shouts. But on, I sorry. think they went through a they went through a weird patch of smart. Uh, I think Newport. They might have played Newport, and Newport drew with them. So I think there are teams that look at them and go, "Eh, we'll have a go at you. Some of them, you know, Newport is is an example. I remember, I remember that one. And then, um, and then, obviously, we, we know the phrase that Fergie came up with, it's just Spurs. He used to say that, didn't he? to Keno and all them lot, it's only Spurs, lads. So, if, do you know, obviously that's a different time of football, different period in terms of Ferguson and United doing well and all that lot, but they must have been thinking it. They must have been thinking, oh, we can turn these lot over, it's fine. Back then, do you know? So, like Dex says, are they still transitioning to be this mega club that hasn't quite got there yet. I don't know. What do you think, Jim?
1: I think the first breakthrough that comes to mind is Spurs were always kind of also a league up until you might remember Martin Yall was in charge and it was the year, lasagna gate year, 2005-06, when Arsenal picked them to four from the last day, the final game at Highbury. Spurs went to West Ham, lost 2-1. Half the team were out with like lasagna food poisoning or something and Arsenal ended up. And it was like that whole Spursy thing. But at the same time, It was the first time you felt actually Tottenham and I living up to that name, because for years they were just kind of around the place, they never really made Europe, they were just kind of there, they were kind of like ourselves, and well actually I'd say they were probably below ourselves and Villa for a time, in the fantastic biscuit content by the way lads, Uh, we are an audio podcast, I may remind you, if you want to set it up on YouTube,
2: I can unmute myself and we can play Death the Bist by I That would be Haaland the most punches, vile, vile
1: thing. I don't listen to anyone munching on biscuits, <laughs> soggy or otherwise. Um, but, yeah, I think that was a, a turning point. And for the following sort of 10 years, I thought they did proceed to be a solid side. They, don't forget, they were challenging. They were Leicester's nearest challengers for the title. Okay, they came third in a two-horse race in the end. Again, Brings the whole point home by being Spursy, that whole thing. But they've they did spend a consistent ten years at White Hart Lane being a really good side. The Harry Rednack got them Champions League beating into Milan, Gareth Bell breaking through, knocking AC Milan out of the Champions League, and um, which they didn't do this year. Um, and just having a, a series of you know good, good top quality managers, cracking players. I, I think, I know what you're saying in that does the infrastructure make them feel bigger than they are, but I think it's a foundation that's been built on for a good decade beforehand. Let's not forget, I think it's their last season at White Hart Lane. I don't think they lost a single home game in the league, which goes to show that they were obviously a very, very good side even before the ground move and the fact they could sell out Wembley and stuff. But, the, yeah. it's, but I, I see no, what I, I are saying. I agree with that, Timmy, Where you're yeah, saying. Yeah. there
2: with- no, no, I was just going to say, I, I totally agree. I'm not, you know, saying that it's time to been a, a flick of the light switch. You know, look, we've got, you know, this great new ground and, and with this and with that. Obviously, you know, they have been consistently above average. And, and as you say, some seasons where they have been a real threat. Um, but you kind of look at it and you go, right, you look at your Prem and you've got, you know, your traditional, in commas, traditional top four. I think up until maybe 12, 18 months ago, United had dropped out of that and there was almost a gap in the market, are United back? I'd say they're on the way, and obviously if the takeover happens and whatnot, they're going to be right back up there. And it's that kind of competitive market, isn't it, where there's kind of your top five always, and of that, four always get Champions League football. It's very rare that someone new kind of breaks into that bubble. And like Spurs are kind of, for me, kind of teetering on the edge. You know they're in fourth spot at the minute, And, you know, they may well hold out on for that for this year, but they wouldn't be someone that I'd straight away go, right, they're they're guaranteed top four or they're guaranteed... I think they're still just on the edge. And is it going to be a case of they're going to almost have to wait until there's a gap in the market again before they can break through? Or I I don't know. Um, But generally, as a club, I mean, you'll all know, I I don't follow Premier League football, you know, with with, um, that much interest. But as a club, I do quite like them. I think the fan base is generally okay. Um, Tottenham, in terms of an area in London, you know, it's not kind of—I could be completely wrong here—but in my head, it's not a particularly wealthy part of London. It's quite a like a working class club, if that makes sense. And um, you know, it it would be nice to to kind of see them come to full uh, fruition at some point.
0: Just whilst we're still on Tottenham, I think I was listening to. I can't remember which podcast it was. It might have been um, James Richardson. And they're on about Harry Kane. Will he move in the summer? Things like that. And they were talking about other English strikers that Tottenham have had in previous years. So they came up with uh, Teddy Sheringham. And they're on about Teddy Sheringham knew when to leave Tottenham. He knew when to go. Um, and he said they're on about does Kane really know when to leave Tottenham? Will he ever know when to leave Tottenham? But they're on about Teddy Sheringham. Left Tottenham to go to Man United. I think he won a lot at Man United, and then he came back. So, you know, it, it was an interesting. It was interesting listening to that because you never. You, Kane, obviously an intelligent player, things like that. He'll have an agent, all kinds of things like that. Does he know when to move, or does is he going to stay there? Do you know what I mean? Because if it gets, you know. Does it get go on, yeah. Jim? Well, yeah. the other hand up with
1: there. Kane, he what he wants. It, it,
0: didn't he? A couple of years ago, it was quite clear. He did that interview
1: with Gary Neville. He was eyeing moved to City in twenty 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 one. Not sure when it was. It was quite clear he didn't turn up. To, was it didn't turn up the training? Didn't play the first match of the season, um, which somewhat ironically, Spurs beat City one 0 at um, the Tottenham Stadium. But then he managed to have an agreement with the club. I think it's one of those where the club must have given him, you know, given their word that, look, we're going to do this and do that and give us another year or two or something. And it's a funny one now because, I mean, as well, it shouldn't be forgotten with Kane. His um, agent is his brother. And his brother's got one client. His brother, Charlie, has got one client. It's his. It's Harry. So you do wonder sometimes what his brother does on a day-to-day basis because Clearly, there's not a lot going on. Um Yeah, it I think he I think he knew when the right time was to go and I think he's missed the boat, personally, in terms of a Premier League move. The only move I can see happening now is possibly Man United. But would they pay a massive premium for him now? When they can go out and get somebody from abroad, probably cheaper. If I'm Kane, I'm looking at someone like a Bayern Munich and going, Lewandowski's left a massive hole there. They might not win the league this year you guaranteed silverware. Okay, it's the Bundesliga. It's, different, it's a different league. But you know what? Silverware, silverware. If I'm him, but then it's moving your family It's all that, isn't it, as well? So he'll have a lot to consider. But I do... It is getting to the point now where I do think he... I know, and I hate saying this. I hate touting players to leave clubs because, you know, we're all fans of clubs that will have their best players sold on whatever the level. But I do think for him, if he wants to cement himself as... I mean, he's always going to be one of England's best ever strikers. But he needs to win something in his career that isn't like a, a individual honour. He needs to win a, a trophy somewhere in his club or internationally
0: to really fulfil that career that he's, he's had. That's a good question you got there, Jim. Like in terms of Kane winning silverware, but what would be justifiable silverware? Do you think what is a? I've stayed here to win this. What what is it that's that's I would even say realistic for Tottenham? What do you think is justifiable? Like I've stayed here because I've won this. Do you know to look back on once he's retired or anything like that? What What do you think? He could drop to the under twenty twos and play in the
2: Papa John's Trophy. There you go, Papa John's. I mean, yeah. There you go. There you go. So, uh, if you're listening, you Harry, have. sack your agent. Um, I'll quite happily sit on my arse and do nothing and take quite a lot of your money. And uh, yeah, I'll and we, I'll we sort some silvers. We Not the, a problem.
1: They did win the Aldi Cup
2: in a few years ago.
1: But I, I think at this point, anything, I'd have said years ago, oh, it has to be an FA Cup or a league title or a Champions League or something. But now it is at the point where it's like, mm. and, and they're out the European Cup, they're out the FA Cup, they went out to Sheffield United. Yeah. They're not, they obviously, United, Man United won the League Cup. They're not going to win a trophy this season. They're not going to win the league. They're miles behind Arsenal and Man City. So at this point, you think, if he's there next season, anything. But uh, just even if he does one last hurrah, wins the League Cup and then moves on, Anything will do at this point for for him, really, because it's 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 crazy. I mean, it, it it feels like, and this is a somewhat a harsh comparison, a bit like Shearer at Newcastle. Okay, Shearer won the league at Blackburn. So, and people forget that he won the league at Blackburn because they just look at his tenure as ten years at Newcastle and go, "I didn't win anything at Newcastle." Well, no, he won the league, but you know, at Blackburn. But yeah, he scored record goal scorer, unbelievable, unbelievable, but. Went with his heart rather than his head and, and won nothing. But remember that Rightfully is a legend at Newcastle and remember Rightfully is a Premier League legend. And if Kane wants to go down that route and be a record goal scorer in the Premier League and be a one, you know, okay, one club man in Veracomm has had various loan spells, then that's fine. If he's happy with that, then great. But I think most people's wider perception of him is that, and, and most people's perception of footballers is, is, is twofold is that you want to earn as much money as you can. And you wanna win as many trophies as you can. And individual honours and records and goal scoring feats are great but they're not they're not what you get in the game for necessarily.
0: I think we've covered a lot about Tottenham in that um I don't know how long we've been recording for. Um I think we should try and tap into something like else. I um,
1: think we've done that much Spurs content. <laughs>
0: um but one thing I'm interested in, and I've got two Tramme fans here, or two people that watch Tranmere Uh Mickey Mellon has been sacked at Tranmere Rovers. Um we'll go to deck. <laughs> Mellon's out. <laughs> Melon, get your melons out, um, lads. What do you reckon? Melon has gone from tramway. Good call. Yeah, um, do you know what? I'm going to let Jimmy
2: take the initial thing on this, because I feel like I might go off on one for five minutes. So, Jimmy, you, you throw I, everything you want, and then I can I happily end the podcast on a five minute rant. As you know, that and can everyone will turn off. off for a while
1: <laughs> for various reasons, um, not because I don't want to come back. Although, to be perfectly honest, it's been utter shite. For a while, I went to the Warsaw game in January, and that was a one-one draw, but dreadful game. Not least because we got tased out of our seats by those guys. But that's besides the point. Um, that you know they're not listening. It's fine, but there's something, and you could sense at the start of the season, and for the last year or two, the recruitment's gone weird. Like there's no strategic joined up thinking, whereas there was. Weirdly, the most joined up recruitment. I think from my experience, I've seen a tram yet, was when, they were, when we were in the National League. There was a plan, there was a, a style, there was a... Whether it's because having one of the biggest budgets in the league, being one of the biggest clubs in the league, is going to help that when you're playing the likes of... With no disrespect, Gate Gateshead, you know, um, North Ferriby United each week. RIP North Ferriby United, by the way. Um, yeah, I... It's weird. Best pl- good players being sold on. Okay, some rubbish ones being sold on as well. But you know, players being sold on for profit and then loan players being brought in who've had very little experience in the in the league and just it's just felt very lightweight. Is the only way I can describe Tranmere over last few years, meandering, mediocre, just existing. Which uh, look, just existing in League Two isn't the worst thing in the world. I'm going to point that out because I, I get with the pandemic and I get with what's gone before with Rovers, the double drop from 2015, 16, 17 era, whenever it was, that you don't want to go back to that again. And sometimes you take a few years of just, they, they call it stabilising. It's mediocrity, really. You know, it's, it's boring. It's crap. But you're just kind of there. But there's mediocrity with hope for the new season and then there's just like where is this heading I think you've said yourself Dak your concern is not so much that there's no plan it's that the plan that's in place will take us back to National League again in next year or two not this season of course sorry Greg um you know but we're a bit unless you have some miraculous run in the next 10 games or so I don't think that's gonna happen but I do get that feeling there is that feeling around the club of just we're just here and things aren't getting any better. And as much as it wasn't working with Mellon, and I, I know, Depp, I'm sorry to step on Dak's toes, I was going get, to get into this, it's, it runs deeper than just Mickey Mellon. It runs deeper than, I uh, see, Ian Dawes and Andy Parkinson, are, you know, a very good caretaker joint coaches. Last time they were in a position, I hope they do the same bounce again. I don't want to blame the owners. They've done a lot of good at the club. they stabilised the club. they brought them back up. They do converse with the fans from what i see and okay you know there's been issues on social media with them which is a shame it's sad uh, but i do think in terms of when you look at some of the owners in the football league these days they do seem like genuine people who you know obviously mark played for the club they're both from local I'm, and deck may have a different opinion of them than i do i, I don't mind them but at the same time not every decision they've got right is perfect. Not everyone's going to be perfect, don't get me wrong, but there seems to be an expectancy to achieve with a squad and a budget that is not in line with the rest of the league. When you look at some of the other clubs in the league, they're playing with far more money than Rovers have. Not to say it can't be done. Steven is doing an okay job of it. False at late, of course. You know, Steve Evans, to bring it back to the start of the season. He spoke about his calf. He seems to be doing alright right with his team. Um there's other clubs that are up there as well that you look at and go, how I like Carlisle up there? I mean they because they're done really well, but budget wise, they can't be doing anything great. But they've recruited well. And that falls as much on the owners as it does the manager, as it does the players themselves, as it does the tactics. There's a whole thing there where something just feels off and it just all feels very lightweight. And that's the only way I can describe it. Um but in in short Right the sad, but right decision to get rid of Mellon now, because stop the wrath before it gets any worse.
2: Are you ready, lads? <laughs> so, yeah, basically, Jimmy, everything that you're saying, I, I agree with, in short. I think that, was it the right decision to sack Mellon? Probably, yeah. Had he have not had such a fantastic past with us, I think he would have done a lot sooner. Just as a, a, a pure kind of business exchange just looking at results stats etc for our club it's simply not good enough and that's not being big headed it's not the thing of oh well we've had a taste of, of success in recent years and now we're going back to you know basically making up the numbers in League two I fully appreciate that being in League two in itself is something that other clubs would give you know their left arm for and I, I appreciate that but as a as a club, I think historically we've shown that League One is our natural level. Can we compete a championship yet? I think in the future we could again. League two's not our natural level. And I think over the last sort of ten to fifteen years it has become. And for a, as a as a fan that's very difficult to kind of accept if we if we look at Everton, Everton's natural level is premiership. If Everton were to drop and they kind of teeter between Prem and League and the Championship for five or six years, and then all of a sudden you're just a slap-bang average Championship side, that, that hurts. Do you know like what I mean? Blackburn. Um I think, yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and, you know, Forest and things like that to an extent as well. You know, if you look at, you know, some big sides like that... Um, I think if we start kind of big and then work our way back into melon as just sort of one tog in the works of of the club um as a as a little analogy as as a whole at the minute, all of those little pieces aren't working in the same direction for me um just from from what I can see that includes the fans I think um at the start of the season... Okay, Mark Palios was misquoted... Um, in one of his Q&As... Which are fantastic that they do with the fans... He was asked what he wanted for this season... And he replied with dolls, dolls, dolls. That was misentailed to the fans... Believing we were going to go and sign... X, Y and Z striker... We were going to be promised... All of this attacking, free-flowing football... And that's what people bought into... The reality of it was... We had James Vaughan... Who, by the way, when he was playing for us... Absolutely fantastic was a job created for him at the club probably although he's got the credentials on paper to be director of football I'd, he had no experience in doing it and i think it was kind of a an exchange for what was a very sad end to a, a a long but you know early early cut career um so you know you look at that and is it a thing of should he have ever got that position okay i, I don't know he was kind of there for the first part of the recruitment um, in terms of close season. Okay, success, success stories. They managed to get Jordan Turnbull from Salford. It now turns out that they only managed to get Turnbull because he was holding out for low championship, high league, won football. A couple of deals fell through and he couldn't really go back to Salford. We signed him. Am I happy we've got him? Of course I am. Fantastic. Probably one of the best centre-backs in the division. You look at Manny Monthe. Uh, not Manny Monte. He's at Walsall now. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, um, Simeou. Uh, okay. Um we signed him, what a fantastic signing he was however, we only managed to sign him he was holding out for Championship Football nothing came through, we managed to get a loan deal in place so you look at players the likes of Simeu, who at the start of the season gave us real hope and we're thinking, God what a signing we've got there if we can keep hold of him for the season we're not conceding goals and we're, we're winning a lot of games 1-0, this is what successful teams do you look at the rest of the recruitment, okay, so they've managed to keep hold of uh, Cogley and they, you know, they extended him a little bit last season. Fantastic player. He won't be with us next season. I'm actually surprised he's stayed now um, past past January. And you look at Bristow, um, who he signed from Reading, I think it was. Equally fantastic player. He, I, I do think he'll go on and make it in the game. I, I really do. Um, when you look at the likes of the level that um, Treswell and so on was at when he was with us, Bristow's got all the attributes to, to go all the way for me, potentially more than Cogley. Where else have we recruited? We haven't. we you know, we we signed I I know we'd laugh and joke a little bit about um Ross doing we should never have signed him as our first choice goalkeeper. He, he showed that he had too many mistakes in him. Okay, yeah, the the model of buy young and sell on. We've sold him on to Forestry and he's proven there that he's not got it. Um, he's continued to have bad performances week in, week out, and we've cashed in on him. All right, yeah, good bit of business. But this, I've touched on this before, this model of buying young and developing players works well in a successful club. For me, it's not something to dabble in until you are successful. We've had two years now where we've been average um, I know, obviously, we, we missed out on the playoffs in uh, COVID year, and obviously last season we were kind of in and around the mix and fell, um, fell short. It, it's not the time to be changing things for me. If you you know you're on the back of a promotion, then you start signing young players for your next league and so on. That's the time when you start you know, changing and tweaking things, but to all of a sudden go from, and we go back to Mellon for a second. Mellon is a proven manager with experienced players. Yeah, you need a couple of young players in there, but Mellon likes your 33, 34-year-old centre mids. They're not going to do a lot of running, but they're steady. You know, your, your old-school centre-backs a bog-standard 4-4-2 with a very good centre-forward, and he, he works wonders. He's got a proven record with that at Fleetwood, Shrewsbury, Rovers, and so on he comes in and then he's expected to work this model and in all of his press conferences Div Mellon is due, he always said, I knew the challenge that I was being, you know, faced with he, he knew that when he signed to the club and we go back to that thing of should he ever have come back? You know, we were all absolutely buzzing. I think we were all still on the high of those back to back promotions. But should he have come back? Has he has he tarnished his his previous achievements, for me, he hasn't. But for some fans, maybe you, you know, kind of live a little bit more in the moment. They're seeing him as this negative, um, negative manager, boring football, this, that and the other. Look at the squad that he's got. Um, Kane Hemmings has been out injured. It's been a little bit low-key in terms of what's going on there with him. but I don't, don't know what's going on. Hemmings, OK, yeah. All right striker. He's on eight goals for the season. That's not going to get you anywhere. Leading goal scorer up there with uh, Josh Hawks, winger. You then look at the rest of the recruitment up front. Now we were told in one of the Q and As we missed out on seven strikers in January on tra- uh, sorry at the start of the season on transfer deadline day. Why are they waiting until transfer deadline day when they know that that's the only area that they needed to recruit? If we had this proven goal scorer this season, I do think it would have been a different story. Less pressure on the defence, less pressure on midfield. Someone who can create and finish a chance because we put balls into the box. There's no one there. They then go into January. No, and again, the only well, you know, a few areas to improve on, but the main area has to be a striker, and this is this is nothing against Saunders. I think in a in a you know a good side, he'd be a good player, real kind of like ankle-biter centre forward. But they they go and sign him. They've got him, Joel Mumbongo, and Jake Burton up front. Who between them have got less than ten career goals. I, I just don't. The, the recruitment has been awful. Has some of that been down to Mellon? I don't know. Is that down to players looking at the club and seeing that we've gone a little bit stagnant? I don't know. The, the fan base has kind of started to turn on one another. On Saturday, I think, to, for me, I, I knew that Mellon was gone before I even looked at the store on Saturday. And there's players fighting each other on the pitch. You've got Joe Murphy, was obviously part of the, the coaching setup, up um, being called everything under the sun by one of the wingers. Uh, you know, and and having a right popper and Murphy calling them back, and you think, that that's not, and the fact that no other players interjected, that's not the first time that that's happened. There's no way that's the first time that that's happened. There, are ongoing problems within, whether it be the dressing room or whatever it is, whatever pressure's on. As soon as players start turning on themselves on the pitch, you know that there's there's big big problems. And I th- yeah, I mean, the the end of that game on Saturday was it, it was borderline emotional to be honest. When you've got Fans there who three and four years ago had, you know, physical watermelons caved out as helmets and hats um, to wear to the games and this, that and the other. And, you know, give Mickey Mellon the freedom of the, the town and, a, you know, the big golden key and whatnot outside the the town hall to call them for him to be sacked. And Mellon stood there just, you know, he came on, shook, play, shook the players' hands and whatnot and just stood looking at the top. And it was such a, I know I've gone kind of um, the long way around here, but... It was emotional and it was it was sad to see. Like he he has and always will hold the club in such high regard. He's given everything that he could to the club, but it it just had to happen. I mean, the season ticket sales wouldn't have they would would have been through the floor. And I think just from a pure financial position, if that was the football or the approach that the club were going for next season, um I don't think people would have backed it. And I think they then would have been, as you said earlier on, Jimmy, about that kind of downward spiral, that could have been a real factor.
1: learn more at marines.com
2: all in all right decision yeah is it a nice decision to have made no did i want him to be successful absolutely but i think he's been sold short on multiple levels um, yeah that's all i've got to say i think i have filled 10 minutes there i apologize